And we are back with the Big and Bros podcast. I am accompanied Zach, John, say what up. What's up, guys? Excited to be here. Let's talk some to, football. It's good to be back. Ready to talk about some fantasy football on today's episode. Yes. Thank you for saying that because we are talking about fantasy football today. And we're going to talk about, you know, some some duds of the week, some booms of the week. There were a few dubs. Dubs, sorry. Duds. Like, I saw a fantasy team. Uh, if you have, like, Ezekiel Elliott, Aaron Jones, Aaron Rodgers, Robert Tanyan, Mike Gasicki, if you decided to play two tight ends, you'd have about 27 points in your week one matchup. That's horrendous. It's terrible. Yep. It's uh it was it was a it was a week of I mean, a lot of those duds weren't really surprises though. I mean, we saw Zeke against Tampa Bay. I think everybody was predicting kind of a down week for Ezekiel Elliott. Saquon Barkley, it was his first action since um, last year. Um, so it wasn't there weren't like the biggest surprises, I think. Of of yes of this past week's fantasy week was pretty much Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones both of those guys being bust that wasn't expected as much as the other things. Um, Calvin Ridley also was a surprise though. So right, at least he finished with I believe double digits points in PPR leagues, but all the other guys, oh God. <laughs> I uh I traded Aaron Jones to start the year. Didn't like it. Just needed a little bit more balance with my team. Got in return. I got Justin Jefferson and DeAndre Swift. That worked out. <laughs> I mean, Jefferson only put up 12 points in PPR leagues this, this week. But, you know, start off on a bad note. John, you got any duds this week you want to talk about? Um. You know, I think my absolute favorite player from this week has got to be Corey Davis. I've been talking about Corey Davis all offseason. A lot of people thought Jamison Crowder was going to lead the helm. A lot of people thought maybe even Elijah Moore or Michael Carter was going to be that stud in New York. But I knew it all along. Corey Davis is the stud in New York, and he's going to stay the stud in New York. Only took four years. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Only took four years, and now he has a rookie quarterback. But their connection is pretty exceptional, honestly. They were fighting back and in, back into the game, and it just seemed like Corey Davis was the guy. I believe Elijah Moore also got hurt near the end of that. Mm. So that wasn't good. Jameson Crowder was out with COVID. We all know the Michael Carter buzz that has kind of drastically dropped because of Tevin Coleman and Ty Johnson, which, quite frankly, I don't understand. But – here we are. It's the New York Jets. Don't expect much, but them losing and having a Jets receiver honestly isn't too bad. Well, that goes to show how much attention I paid to the Jets Panthers this week. Didn't even know about Jamison Crowder and Elijah Moore. <laughs> <laughs> well, Crowder has the vid, unfortunately. So, Zach, did you have anybody on your team that caught your eye? Um, I had a few guys that um, were – a few guys that really stood out to me. Um, First of all, 
I, I think there were some guys this week that had good games that you can probably sell for a lot more than what they're going to be worth later on. Um, I've I've got a few guys. Tyson Williams, I say sell him. We saw Latavius Murray getting all those touches, touches towards the end of the game. You have any people in your fantasy league that did not watch the game, go ahead and sell Tyson Williams. Um, he really – only, I mean, after the first half, it was it was kind of slow for him. He didn't really touch the ball a lot. Yeah, he got missed um, on a couple on a couple flat routes. However, um, I I would sell him because this is probably going to be his best fantasy week of the season, and he only put up 16 points. Um, Another guy that surprised me, I mean, both of those Lions running backs surprised me a lot. Yes, sir. Uh, DeAndre I Swift. <laughs> I did not expect either of them to really have great games. I, I expected them to be pretty even on, on the split, on split carries, and it, it appeared that that was how it was going. It was pretty even. They were about 50-50 on touches. Um which doesn't – I mean, it doesn't make, you know – to me, the fact that they were about 50-50 makes it a little bit, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Well, maybe here's the – Maybe not. So Here's the catch with the 50-50 split, right? So, Jamal Williams had about nine carries and nine targets, but DeAndre Swift had 11 carries and 11 targets. Honestly, you could probably, if this stays the trend, which I doubt it will, I'm sure one of them will become the premier guy, but if this stays the trend, that is solid. Both of them are solid flex plays, even on a bye week. You know what I mean? Like, if you have a running back that's getting 10 carries and 11 targets – you have potential to put up some points regardless. Yeah, and honestly, in, in Detroit, really all they have right now going for them is TJ Hawkinson and their running back. So right. um, I'm not too impressed with Quintess Cephas or Monroe St. Brown. Nope. Um, both of those guys. Tyrell Williams got hurt early on, um, but all of those receivers – kind of disappointed they weren't um there wasn't a guy that really stood out there at receiver so um i would stay away from those lines receivers if you can get tj hawkinson somehow though get your hands on him he might be a league winner this year right well let's kind of move on to the uh waiver ads you know who's on the wire i'll go ahead and start things off with elijah mitchell okay I have an interesting take on Elijah Mitchell. If, you stay, if you're on fantasy TikTok or Twitter or anything like that, he is obviously the guy that's first on everybody's waivers, you know, the first priority here. But the thing with San Francisco is they always go with the hot hand. They've done it forever. With Raheem out, Sermon apparently didn't play because of his lack of special teams quality. With Raheem out, Sermon has to play. Elijah's going to play, and so is Hastings or Hasty. And I just – I don't know. I feel like the points will be spread out weeks to weeks. You know, they run by committee, but they do stick with the hot hand. But you don't know who the hot hand 
is going to be any given week. So honestly, I I would you know I put the priority on Elijah Mitchell, but I try to go buy on some Trey Sermon stock too. Yeah, uh, Trey Sermon's a a good guy to buy on. You don't draft a running back in the third round for nothing. Um, and apparently the news is that they didn't play him because he doesn't really have a role on special teams. I don't know. Uh, that didn't make much sense to me. You take a guy in the third round. I'm, I'm thinking personally, if I take a running back in the first round, if I'm a GM, or not in the first round, in the third round, if I'm a GM, I'm thinking this guy could be, you know, this guy could be our guy. This could be our workhorse. Um, so that was a surprise to me. But my first guy that I'm going to on all waiver rides, I have I have two guys that I like a lot. Um, got, um, you've got people saying, oh, Zach Pascal and all these guys. Zach Pascal had four targets. With receivers, what you're going to look for, any receiver's targets. Their target share is the most important thing. I don't care how many times they catch the ball. If they get 13 targets, you're picking him up on waivers, even if he only has two points that week. But my guy this week is from Minnesota. Um, his name what's, – what's his name? K.J. Osborne. Yeah, K.J. Osborne. That's my guy this week. Um, he had nine targets, seven receptions. Um, a lot of those came late in the game. However, nine targets, it's more than anyone else is getting on waivers. Um, then my second guy would be Tim Patrick, especially after the Jalen Waddle injury. Um, and then maybe, maybe possibly you can put a little stock into KJ Hamler. We just got to kind of see what's going to happen with him, though. So, right. Someone I want to touch on and talk about um, is Mark Ingram. I get the loaded backfield in Houston. I understand that. But we can't ignore the volume with 26 carries, 26 rushing attempts. That's something that you can't really just be like, okay. You know? He had 26 carries while still having David Johnson and Philip Lindsay staying there. 26 rushing attempts. That blows almost anybody else out in the league in attempts. I mean, maybe McCaffrey, maybe Gibson had 20. I mean, you can't ignore that volume. So I wouldn't – it's tough. I'd probably side towards Mitchell on the top backs on the waiver, but Mark Ingram's getting the volume, and volume works wonders in fantasy, just like targets for receivers. The thing about Mark Ingram, though, is he just he doesn't get the targets in in the passing game. Um, the other two guys were the guys dominantly used in the passing game in that game. Mark Ingram got 26 carries. But, I mean, at the end of the day, 26 carries and 85 yards and a touchdown only gets you 14.5 points. So to me, he's a he's a solid flex. If you need a right. flex, go out there get Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram's, I mean, really for the past two or three years, he's been a solid flex play. Um, right, and he will be this year too. 
Um, I do get the vibe from the Texans, though, that they're going to run with the hot hand at running back. Um, right. That's just what they're going to do. They have a lot of guys there, a lot of talented guys. Um, they're older, but they're talented, so they'll just run with the hot hand. So, John, do you have any waiver guys? Well, you all touched on a lot of the guys that I was thinking of, but there is one that comes to mind that you all missed out on, and that's Christian Kirk. Honestly, I don't know how we let this man sit on waivers in every single fantasy draft. Christian Kirk is that wide receiver, too, in Arizona. We want to think it's A.J. Green, but it's not A.J. Green. It's Christian Kirk. And Kyler Murray, he's going to go out there. He's going to throw the ball. He's going to have tons of passing yards. They all they all aren't going to go to DeAndre Hopkins. A lot of them are, but they're not all going to Hopkins. And Christian Kirk is going to be a solid guy from here on out throughout the season. If you have somebody you can drop, get Christian Kirk on your fantasy team now. Um, to go back to the running backs a little bit, I agree heavily with Mark Ingram. I agree heavily with Elijah Mitchell. Another one that I would mention who isn't on our waivers but is on a lot of other waivers is James White. Um, I mean, I think it's going to be a battle with Damian Harris and James White, but overall they both worked well together this week, and I think James White is worth a look. Um, if not picking him up this week, he's definitely somebody to watch, uh, along with Tim Patrick. Tim Patrick's definitely somebody to watch too. Um but if I have a guy like Le'Veon Bell, Sony Michelle, Philip Lindsay, JD McKissick on my team, I'm dropping them for one of those guys. Right. Keep an eye on all those New England running backs after uh, Damian Harris did a one way ticket to Bill Belichick's stockhouse. Yeah. So, yeah. And keep an eye on them. If you're in need of tight ends, I said it last night. I'm going to say it again. Pharaoh Brown, he's your guy. On waivers, Farrell Brown um, and Dalton Schultz. Both of those guys are going to be solid waiver wire tight ends if you really, really need a tight end. So, just- well, before we move on here to the Thursday night preview, I want to say one last thing, and that is to buy low on Cole Komet. Buy low on Cole Komet, whether it's with Andy or Justin, buy low on Cole Komet. He's going to get a lot of the target shares. We saw what happened in L.A. last week. And now – I think before we move on, we need to touch on quarterback a little bit. I know Zach was talking about Jared Goff the other night. Zach, why do you like Jared Goff? I like Jared Goff because the Lions are going to be behind in a lot of games this year. They're not going to be – they're not going to be winning. I don't think they're going to be winning very many games which means Jared Goff's going to be throwing the ball a lot. That could be good or bad. But, I mean, he's he's going to – if that team has any chance at all, he's going to be the guy who has to do – you know, he's going to be throwing the ball everywhere. Um, I think TJ Hawkinson is probably their best red zone option. I'd probably – say that once they're inside the 10-yard line, um, you're going to predominantly see Jared Goff trying to target TJ Hawkinson in that area. Um, You might see a little bit of Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift, but I would say based on what we see in Detroit, 
it's gonna be a lot of passing. It's not gonna be there's not gonna be a lot of running. I mean, they literally those running backs had like twenty targets together. So yeah, that just goes to show. I mean, they were down a lot, and that's how it's gonna be all year. So another quarterback is um, he's not in our league, but he is on waivers for majority. Is Jameis Winston? The passing volumes there. Sean Payton ran offense. Kamara catches the ball more than he runs the ball. Not this week, but typically. The volume's there. He seemed to have improved. I know Jair Alexander was out mid-game for the Packers, but still, they balled out. Um, That's going to be a high-powered offense. Even though they don't have weapons, which doesn't make sense, but he played exceptional. Five touchdowns, no interceptions for Jameis this year so far. I know it's week one, but still, no interceptions for 30 for 30 is pretty – Pretty impressive to me. He's not going to do that consistently, though. Um, I I mean, he went out there, he threw five touchdowns, but, I mean, he only threw for, like, 144 yards or something. It was it was uh, honestly quite surprising. Um, they – honestly, the Packers did everything, you know, to allow Jameis Winston to have the best game, like, possible. Like – Honestly, that that shouldn't happen. Um, Jameis Winston is known for throwing interceptions. Who knows, though? Maybe, maybe he fixed a lot of things in his time as a backup and at the New Orleans Saints. However, I'm not buying in on the stock yet. I need to see him again next week, um, and, and probably multiple weeks before I buy in on Jameis. Well, all I'm saying is you might want to stash him after waivers clear the first round. It wouldn't hurt. The potential's there. Personally, I have him based off of arm talent. New Orleans is going to be trailing too. I mean, I would take Winston over Goff at the moment, but that's up for debate. I think one to to watch is uh, Teddy Bridgewater. Um, I'm not sure if I'm necessarily grabbing him this week. It, I don't think it would be a terrible idea. They are playing Jacksonville this week. I think Teddy Bridgewater could have another great week up against Jacksonville this week. So I definitely think if he's not an immediate lock to pick up this week, he's definitely worth a look. That Denver offense is legit, uh, heavily sleeped on. I think Teddy Bridgewater is going to have a way better year in Denver this year than he did in Carolina last year. He looked good. Yeah, he did. And also, do not overreact on Aaron Rodgers. Don't be the stupid guy that – don't overreact on Aaron Rodgers and Ryan Tannehill and be the stupid guy that goes and cuts Ryan Tannehill to waivers off of week one. It's not a good idea at all. He's got literally everything on that offense – to allow that team to literally be one of the best offenses in the game this year. So don't be that guy, please. You guys ready to move on to the Thursday night preview? Yeah, I just wanted to make sure we touched on some quarterback real quick. Oh, of of course, of course. It flew over my head. All (laughs) right, so Thursday night, I believe it is the Giants going to Washington to take on the football team that should be named the Red Wolves. What's your guys' um, thoughts on this Thursday night battle? Honestly, this game 
has the looks of an ugly football game. You've got Chase Young, who's going to come off the edge and just obliterate Daniel Jones all day. Daniel Jones is probably going to fumble the ball at least twice, um, maybe throw a couple interceptions. Um, I don't see the Giants having a very successful day. It's going to be a, a defensive game through and through. Antonio Gibson's going to have a really, really, really good game if you're able to get him in your in your DraftKings lineups, FanDuel lineups. Go ahead and get him because he's going to be himself from late last season. Um, he had a bad week one, two fumbles, um, but we're going to see him do really well, I think, because um, honestly, we don't really know what we're going to see in Taylor Heineke, and we all know that whenever – we have guys that aren't the most trusted quarterbacks in the NFL. We rely a lot upon the run game and and running backs in general. So, I want to touch on Taylor Heineke real quick. Well, um, I think in uh, last last night's episode, I kind of said I don't think the football team should ignore Cam Newton being out there as a free agent. But I thought about it a little more, and maybe Taylor Heineke honestly is the move for this team. I mean, I understand the Cowboys look a lot better. The Eagles look a lot better. I can understand why we are underrating the football team right now. But, I mean, are we forgetting that Taylor Heineke almost beat the Super Bowl champions last year? I mean, he put up a great game against that solid Tampa Bay defense. He didn't pull out the win, no, but it was not by any means a terrible game. Terrible. It wasn't a terrible performance by Taylor Heineke. I think we need to give Taylor Heineke a shot before we say the football team's out this year. However, if he's not performing like he should in two weeks now, this is the Eagles and the Cowboys division. I wanted to touch on uh, Saquon Barkley in this matchup. Um, I think he's going up against an even better front seven than he faced in uh, their home opener against Denver. Um, So Saquon Barkley, fantasy owners, I'm sorry. I don't think it's going to work for two weeks in a row. So, And quite frankly, I'm not even 100% sold that it's going to work at all this year. Um, It could. I'm I'm leaning towards no. Just even if he comes back full from that from that knee, it's still the Giants O-line. Every front seven, well, other than Dallas, every front seven in the NFC East is solid at the bare minimum, you know? And I just don't see it happening. I mean, we, we saw Saquon do well behind that offensive line, though. And it's honestly gotten – I mean, it hasn't gotten worse. I mean – it's gotten a little better. I mean, but Saquon is probably the – I mean, he's the best-looking running back we've seen in years coming out of the draft. Um, I just – I'm not ready to sell on Saquon. Honestly, I'm the guy that's going to tell everybody, go buy Saquon after this Washington football team game because he's going to have a bad game. All running backs typically do have bad games against this Washington football team front seven. And, I mean, it's not it's not like he's played – I mean, he's played two really, really tough run defenses. 
I mean, he's going to be playing tough defenses. I mean, but Saquon, if you're able to get him after this week for anything cheap, I, I say you do it. I mean, risk is what wins you football leagues. I mean, or fantasy football leagues. I mean, you can't just go play fantasy football and be that guy that just sticks with their team all the time. I mean, sometimes you have a really good draft, but the guys who take the risk are the ones that typically win. Unless you auto draft, then. Just kidding. <laughs> um, so the line for this game on Thursday is Washington – uh, minus three and a half. I'm taking Washington to cover the minus three and a half. The public bet is 52% towards Washington on the current line. Um, I agree that it's going to be a, you know, close game, defensive game. I just, it's just, it's just going to be ugly. Watch it be a shootout. Watch it be like, you know, last Thursday night's game or yesterday's game, Monday. And it's just <laughs> – it's an NFC least battle with two good defenses and two putrid offenses. So, take what you can get on Thursday night. Yeah. The NFC East is guaranteed a win this week. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Um, but, yeah, I'm going with Washington in this game. I mean – I think this Giants team is terrible. Like, I, I don't want to say Washington's going to blow them out because Washington definitely has their issues, but I don't think Giants stand the chance in this game. Well, I would love to see a shootout, like you said, Hunter. I mean, it'd be great if it was a shootout, and it'd be awful if it was ugly, but I just don't see any way the Giants win this week. Right. Zach, any final thoughts? Yeah, I've, I've definitely got Washington also. Um, I think that whoever wins this game is going to be the team that is able to force the the most turnovers, um, and that's going to be the Washington football team. The Giants, really, they only have a couple bright spots, bright spots on that team. And it's James Bradbury. Their secondary really is not – I mean, their secondary is okay in, in New York, but it's it's not really that great past James Bradbury. Um, and I, I just – I'm ready to see the Giants lose. I mean, but, I mean, I, I don't really care who wins, but the Giants are going to lose. So All i got to say is go Birds. Go Birds. Skull. <laughs> School. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, this was our uh, fantasy episode of the week with a little touch on the preview for Thursday Night Football where the New York football giants will be taking on the Washington football team, should be called the Red Wolves. Stay big, bros. You heard it first from the big and bros. This is Hunter saying peace out. Boys, say your thing. Adios, my friends. Go eat some donuts. <laughs> Good talking football once again. Really enjoyed it. Looking forward to talking to you all again.